The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time's 8.20. You're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today, the 4th of October. And with us this morning in studio, Aaron Tremblay with Walk for Water. And this Walk for Water, I guess, first of all, what is that? The Walk for Water is a initiative of Healing Hands International. And let me say first, Scott, thank you so much for having me on this morning and having this opportunity to share. The average distance a person has to walk to have access to water in third world countries is four miles, two miles to get to it, and then they have to carry it back two miles. And Walk for Water seeks to walk a mile in their shoes to make water more accessible in those communities. So this is uh, definitely a symbolic four-mile walk, uh, representative of what those in a lot of other countries have to go through just to get daily drinking water. Absolutely. And not just water to drink, but water for any of the purposes you can think of that we use it for, for cleaning, for cooking, all of those types of things, all the needs for the family. Now, while I know anybody can come out, participate in the walk, there's not an actual fee to be there. It's one of those things where if you feel led to donate, then obviously do so. Um, But for listeners out there who've never been to some of these other countries where there is such a need for water. I think it's hard for them to kind of imagine, you know, that need really existing. Yeah. So according to the World Health Organization, uh, just over 800,000 people a year die from um, having water that is polluted in some form or fashion. Uh, And there's a a lot of people who uh, have to walk this distance. So there's some exciting things about our walk this year. This truly is a community walk. Uh, Our goal is to have as many people as possible come and participate. The registration is free. Every person that registers online and shows up for the event will receive a free t-shirt. And then one of the really neat things this year is some of our local partners have agreed to donate $4 towards the building of the well for every person that shows up. So there's no obligation or even, you know, necessity to give, although if you want to, you're welcome to. But just by showing up and participating with your community, you're going to make a tangible impact. And Zambia and Malawi are the two countries we're setting out to dig wells in. So these areas where the wells are going to be dug, have you been there and seen some of the hardships the citizens face? So myself personally, I've been working with Walk for Water now since 2016. And I have not personally traveled to these locations, but we have uh, people that are part of our network. Uh, There's actually a family currently in Malawi right now, and they're planning to stay there for four months. But we have received each time that we've raised the funds to construct a well, uh, Healing Hands International does a great job of providing us with uh, pictures, video, and information regarding the, the specific community where the, the well is built. I know some of the places where I have been and seen issues with the water, for example, Haiti, the places where they do have water, water it's either you know salt water or it's just highly polluted inter, intercoastal water that there's no way it'd be safe to drink out of literally trash everywhere Mm -hmm. and then you have other areas of of places like haiti where 
you just can't get water, you know, and unless you bring it in on, on horseback or by mule, it just, it's hard to come by. And there's a lot of countries like that, even Nicaragua, countries that people mm-hmm. wouldn't imagine that are so close to us, but yet they lack this common thing of water. One of the experiences they're having right now in Florida following the devastation from the hurricane is people having access to clean water uh, and drinking water and all those things we kind of take for granted. Sometimes those kind of disasters bring us abruptly aware of the situation people live with on a daily basis around the world. Uh, again, according to the World Health Organization, almost 160 million people get their all of their water from surface water, meaning streams and those kind of things that you've just described. And oftentimes those are some of the least sanitary places to get your water from. And you have entire families who literally, they wake up in the morning, they bathe in that water, which mm-hmm. may be a, a stream they find. Uh, they wash their clothes in the same water the animals cows and and whatnot they literally go through that water drink that water and pass on numerous contaminants and then at the end of the day they drink it absolutely and it's a it's a real struggle and for anyone that's traveled i've, I've been to belize and several other countries um, and honduras and even the water that we would drink from places they consider to be sanitary we, we can't drink from those places because we'll get sick from some of the things that their bodies have even acclimated to over time so we're really seeking to transform these communities. It really does make a significant impact. Imagine if every time you needed water, you had to go four miles, and then all of a sudden there's a well that's constructed in the center of your community within a short distance of the place that you live, and now you have that access to water. So kids have more time to go to school. Mothers have more time to spend with their families. Uh, it really is a transformative impact on those communities. And it's wild. In some of these places where there is a lack of clean water, you know, they you can't just run to the store and grab bottled water. Mm-hmm. And the water that you do see for sale on the street, it, it's in bags, literally bagged water, mm-hmm. which sometimes I, I would, you know, wonder, is that even clean? Correct, yeah. And that's that's the real issue and and situation in these countries even if they can get water it's not necessarily water that you or i or anyone else would really want to drink but it's all that they have and so that's what we're seeking to change now by trade you're a pastor in smyrna Mm -hmm. and i'm curious what got you into this whole thing of of helping out with clean drinking water i've always had an interest in serving others serving communities and you know, whether it's through organizations like Rotary, Service Over Self, or or just simply the idea of trying to be a good neighbor as part of humanity, or being a member of a church, it's it's important to try and make a positive impact in the world in which we live in. It's so easy for us to, to become numb to some of the needs in the world, but myself in high school, I, like I said, I traveled to Honduras. I've been to Belize. I lived there for six months. I cut sugar cane there uh, with some of the guys there. And it made a profound impact on my life to see just how other people in different parts of the world really live on a day-to-day basis and how much I personally take for granted. And when you look at these other countries, look back on the places you've gone, the water that a lot of these folks have grown up drinking, we don't really know all the devastating impacts that it's going to have on their body, on their health, until sometimes years later. Sure, absolutely. And and that's why it's so important for us to try and make an impact and make a difference for them. Uh, it's, it's 
sometimes beyond their comprehension how bad their situation is and the water that they're drinking and how much better their health and um, life can be with having that access to water. You know, it's wild here locally in Rutherford County. We've got, for example, Stones River. We've got Percy Priest Lake, Mm -hmm. which we view as recreation places to go, go skiing, go fishing. But I don't think any of us would say, you know, I, I would fill up my thermos with that and drink it, you know. Sure. But when you compare the way Stones River looks, Percy Priest Lake looks to some of these other lakes in other countries, some of the, the streams, the riverways in other countries, you, you can't even begin to imagine the difference if you've not actually been to those countries to see for yourself all the trash that builds up Mm -hmm. in in the waterways all the trash that's dumped into creeks or streams it's unlike anything here absolutely and we've taken many steps in our country to preserve the quality of the water with different uh, laws and mandates that we put into place restricting dumping into the water there's a town i used to live in or close to named it was fitchburg massachusetts they used to print bibles there back in the day and they said the water would turn red when they printed the new testament because all the excess ink they would dump into the river and and that used to be a common place there were it was the plastics capital of the united states as well and there were times where the water couldn't be walked through because all that plastic was going well we've changed all those things here but in other countries they haven't put those restrictions in place and industry manufacturing agriculture in terms of what you were talking about the livestock using that water as well and then you have your children go into that same water that all of those resources are are dumping things into and the children are drinking from that same source of water and we saw some of the ramifications in our own country from polluting the water and we've sought to prevent those things now or make more access to clean water and that's what we're trying to do in these other countries as well now in addition to problems with pollution which is you know a worldwide epidemic for sure you've also got i think the lessening of water in some areas the evaporation of water due to just environmental changes i mean Mm -hmm. there's just a number of problems that are in place right now making this perfect storm of not only countries not having clean water but not having enough of the water to begin with i mean i even read an article i guess it was last week about how the dead sea was actually going down in level year after year of course we would never imagine drinking the Mm -hmm. salt water from the dead sea but we are seeing major changes globally with the environment and i don't know if that means equaling more water somewhere else on earth you know in another ocean another area Uh, but we are seeing major changes we are definitely seeing major changes and one of the things i think sometimes we we don't realize is that in these types of environments and countries as the environmental changes occur those families can't just pick up and move to another place they can't just say well i guess there's no more water here let's just move somewhere else unfortunately they don't have the economic ability or or means to be able to to make that kind of change every time the water dries up they can't just relocate you're talking about i mean other countries when it comes to the the people who live in other countries there are not jobs readily available like you're saying Um, and it's so it's such a desperate situation for so many families out there that you know you just gotta wonder how do how do they make it from day to day and in some of the countries you visited how have you seen people make a living because we, we were talking about how you can't just go to the store buy water you can't just pick up move 
30 minutes down the street and be mm-hmm. okay. So what are the, the lifestyles of some of those you've seen in some of these other countries as far as work? So there's obviously, depending on the country you're dealing with, there's, there's going to be a variety of things that they do. One of the countries I've spent the most time in, as I mentioned, was Belize. And one of the biggest industries they have there is sugarcane, where we get a lot of our sugar from. And the men would leave before the sun even came up to go out to the fields. You first have to burn the fields to get all the snakes and scorpions and poisonous spiders and everything out of them. And they would spend all day, 12 to 14 hours, cutting cane. I was in uh, just getting ready to get out of high school. I thought I was in great shape. Guys were running circles around me. And as, as they were going out and working, uh, their wives were doing all of the types of things to maintain the home. And part of that did include going to the local water source. Typically, they would go with other women to wash their clothes and do those kind of things, then bring the water back to the home to be able to do the cooking and prep the food. And a lot of times, the children had to stay with the mother to do these types of chores and activities just so that they could get enough water and those kind of things, which meant that the kids were not going to school and having that access to education. That's so important to uh, their future. So that, that's one of the things that I was exposed to, but obviously it'd be different depending on the country that you go in, but the common needs are that the father has to go to do the work. Uh, and typically the women are responsible to get the water and to try to find food to be able to feed the family for the day. And when looking at getting the water, again, you were saying four miles is the average trek for Mm -hmm. a family, for a mother to go and get water each day. And when you talk about a mother going to get water, this could be a 20-year-old mom who is literally carrying, I don't know, five gallons, a huge, you know, equal to a a gas tank, five gallons like you would hole for your mower mm-hmm. of water back and forth four miles yeah and you just think about that i think a, a gallon of water weighs close to eight pounds one gallon of water and you have to supply enough for your entire family for the day for all the needs that your family has and so oftentimes you're exactly right they're carrying back probably even more than five gallons maybe 10 to 20 gallons and that's why sometimes the children have to go with them and that's part of what we try to incorporate in the walk as well we use what's called jerry cans and fill them with various amounts of water so people can experience what it's like. And it's hard, I'll, I'll tell you right now from personal experience, it's hard to carry even a half a gallon of water for four miles. Any excess amount of, of weight or, or obstacle is, is noticeable when you go that distance. So you put on top of that, the carrying the water back and forth, doing things like laundry by hand, mm-hmm. and, and then you, you're also doing stuff like preparing meals for your family each day. and it's not like you're going to Kroger to buy, you know, ready-cooked meals. You're literally preparing each meal, which may be skinning a chicken or, or a hog, who knows what. Absolutely. But it's a lot of work that goes into simply living life. Mm-hmm. Every day has another set of challenges. And again, there, there are so many different ones that are present. We're simply trying to address one that we know will transform their health in terms of their body and their ability to be able to do things and transform their time that they have available. So again, kids having that opportunity to go to school where they would have been hauling water instead and those types of things, it really does make an absolute impact in their lives. Have you talked to those in the medical community about what kind of a difference clean water can make versus the polluted, the, the polluted water they're used to drinking in these countries? Absolutely. Not not only the long-term impact that the health has on their on their bodies, but also the short-term impact. Just imagine if any anyone who's ever had a bad meal or, or something like that and how long it takes your body to get rid of that stuff. Uh, and, and these 
people are drinking a lot of times this bad water and every day they're dealing with those kinds of uh, issues with their stomachs and everything. And a lot of times the 829,000 deaths per year the World Health Organization says is caused is typically the result of ongoing diarrhea. That's that's the problem that they're having because so the this water is not clean. Absolutely. Afterwards. Yeah, so you're drinking water, but it's actually doing more to dehydrate you. It's almost like drinking from the Dead Sea like you were talking about. Yeah. You might as well be drinking from the ocean because it's really just causing you to become more dehydrated. Man, I, I it, it's wild to imagine parts of our country being unable to have that just normal basic thing of water that we take for granted each day and then you add to that all the different problems that go along with unclean dirty water and mm -hmm. people taking it in each day drinking it and literally becoming dehydrated because of the water that they drink that they think is actually hydrating them and you know i i don't know i'm sure there's studies about it but i would be curious to know and i I, I, I don't know how they could possibly do the correct study on it because medical care is so scarce in so many third world countries. But I'd be curious to know what the numbers as far as those who die from cancer because of some type of waterborne illness that they are taking mm -hmm. in their bodies each day. How many die of cancer each year? You know, these are numbers I guess we'll never really know. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't think we'll ever really know the impact that uh, it has on the on the long term but i think one of the other things too as you're as you're talking about that i mean imagine what it would be like as a father or a mother to know that you're giving your child unclean but it's all that you have to offer them and your choice is either i give them this water that i know is not good for them or or i give them nothing and uh, i have i have two girls myself and i can't imagine being put in a position where i have to make that kind of choice and then when they're taking that water in to, to nourish their bodies to what they think to to make them feel better after a long day working in the field they're actually dehydrating themselves if that water is contaminated with just the right ingredients i, I mean they're actually going the opposite end of the spectrum mm -hmm. and they're going to cause more problems and then you have how many deaths you say per year over 800,000 according to the world health organization i mean you have parasites in the water and and illnesses that are caused by them like giardia things like that, uh, just so many ailments. And once you have them, if they're not treated here, even if we got them, we like you mentioned, they don't have access to what we have. They can't just go grab some antibiotics. They can't just go get treated for these different illnesses. Once it's in there, it's just becoming more and more uh, pronounced in their digestive system. Yeah, if you were here, you'd go to the you know local clinic, you would mm -hmm. get the proper medication. You may be sick for you know five days at the most, but you're gonna get better. And there, there is no help around the corner to simply get better. Sure, and this is like, like we're talking about, there's a myriad of issues, medical needs, uh, food needs, job training or, or skills for the future, education, these are all needs, but you can't enjoy any of those other things or, or you can't look to meet those needs if you're not gonna give them water first. That's where everything kind of starts from. Again, Aaron Tremblay with us, the coordinator for the Middle Tennessee Walk for Water, which will be held in Smyrna. And the walk is going to start at 112 Division Street in Smyrna, and I believe that's your church. Yes. Smyrna yeah. Church of Christ. And it's going to leave at what time and then come back to that parking lot? So we'll have pre-registration. We'll start at 2.30. If you're interested in registering for the event, you can go online to walkthenumber4water.com and click on find a local walk and just look for the Smyrna, Tennessee walk. You can pre-register there. 
or you can come at 2.30 and, pre and pre-register at the event. We'll actually start walking around 3. And I want to say thank you to the city of Smyrna, the town of Smyrna, Brian Hercules, the town manager, uh, the Smyrna Police Department, the Smyrna Fire Department have all been working with us and helping us to make this possible and helping us to develop a route that's safe for the people to be able to walk. And so uh, they've made this possible. So Sunday, October 16th at 3 o'clock is when we're asking people to be there. And following the walk, there will be a celebration. There's going to be family activities and a free cookout, hamburgers, hot dogs, chips for everybody who comes out to participate. And so we're about a week away from the walk, week and a half away from mm -hmm. the walk. And again, it's going to be on that Sunday, October 16th. And, uh, you know, going back to the wells, the money you're raising at this walk, it's going to go to build are they actual wells or what what are you looking at they are going to be actual wells they're not going to be hand dug wells which is typically what they would construct in these areas but they will actually be engineered wells so the source of water will last much longer and be much cleaner and the cost of each well is about seventy five hundred dollars as i mentioned one will go in zambia one will go in malawi and our goal that we've set out with for this walk is to raise enough for two wells which is fifteen thousand dollars as i mentioned registration's free you get a free t-shirt just for coming out and then our local partners we have will give four dollars for every person that shows up that's every man woman child the more kids you have the better it will be for us bring them out uh, this is a great thing for them to experience and be part of and to know that they're having that tangible impact in the world so and then we also have a donor who said that if we hit our initial goal of 15,000 they will fully fund an additional well so we'll be able to fund a third well for free if we hit that initial goal Again, we're talking with Aaron Trimley about this special event coming up, the Middle Tennessee Walk for Water, which is put together uh, with not only you, your church, but also Healing Hands International. Uh, and we'll talk more about that when we come back, but we have to take a short break. Time right now is 8.42. You're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, today, October 4th. A look at the weather comes your way right now. Look for a good deal of sunshine for this afternoon with high temperatures in the upper 70s. For tonight, mostly clear and calm will drop to a low of 41. I'm meteorologist Michael Carroll, News Radio WGNS. Currently 45. Good morning. Still pretty heavy on 24 westbound up through the Hickory Hollow area as you head towards Nashville. It's been pretty eventful up through there this morning with a couple of installed vehicles, a couple of scares. Traffic's still moving, though, however, on 24. Just give yourself extra time towards the Nashville area on 24. Hey, Obrey Gatlinburg Restaurant and Lounge celebrating Oktoberfest. Don't miss it this year. Check it out at ObreyGatlinburg.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. 
by growing up in the restaurant business and being always around it, it was just something that was just second nature to me. I didn't realize the amount of work that was involved in it. I, I didn't understand and appreciate all that my parents sacrificed in order to provide for us. And now I'm very thankful and, I, and I'm very appreciative of the foundation that they laid for me so we could teach others to create what they have done to make it more of a legacy than just a passing of the torch. This is Peter Demas inviting you to enjoy a meal with our family at Demas's Restaurant. When it comes to your home, memories and sentimental value are priceless. Fair Construction can remodel your home or can update your kitchen, bath, or other rooms. I'm Ron Hall. If you can dream it, Fair Construction can turn it into reality. Call Fair Construction at 615-893-6120. That's Fair Construction. I'm Ron Hall. Shop local. Let our family business help you. Fair Construction Company. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now that time, 8.45, you're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning, and Aaron Tremblay is with us. He is the coordinator for the Middle Tennessee Walk for Water that takes place in Smyrna on October the 16th. Now, Healing Hands International, I, I, I know you've been working with them for quite some time, but tell us a little bit more about how, you know, how they got started. So Healing Hands got started back in 1991. It's, it's based in Nashville, and it started as a consequence of some students getting together from Lipscomb University to try and meet some medical needs in Eastern Europe. And they requested, they organized an effort to get together some medical supplies from the Nashville area. And they were hoping just to have maybe, you know, a van load of some different things that were required for Eastern Europe. And instead of just getting a small amount of supplies, the Nashville community, this area, responded in such a big way that they got two tractor trailer loads of medical supplies that were desperately needed in Eastern Europe. And when they saw the way that the Nashville community responded to needs around the world, they said, we, we need to do more. We need to find more needs to meet. And really, they wanted to be an organization that connects people who want to be good neighbors, people who want to serve in the world. They wanted to find a way to connect them to needs in the world. And so Walk for Water is just one of their initiatives that seeks to, to bring people together to serve a need in the world. So when they go to countries like Africa and they build wells for clean drinking water, how, how deep are they having to dig? And I know you said this is an engineered well that they're going to be actually digging and putting together in two different areas. But what, what goes into digging a well like this? So it will vary some depending on the area, and they have put them in other countries besides Africa, but right now the best bang for your buck, so to speak, in terms of cost, and, and we're all aware of the rising costs in the world right now, but the, the best, most effective area to put them right now is in Africa. And it depends on the location, but they, they do have to actually engineer, construct, and dig the wells, and then there's a large mechanism for those who are able to come out to the Walk for Water in Smyrna, this is going to be the first time that Healing Hands will actually bring the pump mechanism to the walk, so you'll physically be able to see it. It's a huge uh, steel piece that has a pump on it, and that's what activates the well and draws the water up. And it's an incredible thing. I mean, they, they have to be brought to these remote locations, those huge wellheads, the, um, 
the augers and things have to be brought out to these locations to be able to put the wells in. And so it's a pretty incredible thing to see and uh, to recognize the amount of effort and work that has to go into building each of these wells, but it's worth every last bit of it to, to bring clean water to these communities. Now, when you talk about some of the remote communities, I know in a lot of countries, when we hear about remote communities, it's not what I think most people are trying to imagine right now. It may be an hour away from the capital of an air, of, of a city or, you know, the capital of what we would call a state. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet that hour trip away is like no other. You're talking about back roads. You're talking about dirt roads and just terrain that's probably pretty hard to, to navigate. Uh, so it's not like it's an hour away from Nashville. I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking about a, a totally different living environment altogether. Absolutely. And anyone who's ever been to a third world country and driven on some of the back roads there, you know that it, you need to have a chiropractic adjustment to your back after you hit all the potholes in the road and those kind. And then even some of these really remote areas, you really don't even have a what we would even consider to be a road. You're just going across land to get from one place to another. And so an hour in a place like Malawi or Zambia, it looks very different than an hour out driving outside of Nashville. Absolutely. And the number of people who live in these remote areas, I mean, there's multiple villages within mm-hmm. a small radius. And a lot of them will share, well, they'll share a lot of goods. They'll trade goods. And a well like this being dug, I'm sure this would benefit several communities within probably a, you know, a three mile radius four mile radius like like the walk you were talking about walking four miles for water this would easily help people in a very small radius absolutely again think about the fact that even if you had to walk a little further to get to this well that's clean drinking water that's clean water so you might even say you know i could keep going to the source i have been going to or i could even add a little distance and and i'm just trying to describe how far out the impact of it is. I mean, certainly the people who live in that immediate area will have a very short distance to travel, but I'm sure many of those in the communities around them would say, you know what, I'd rather have that clean water, so I'm going to go now to this place and and get it. And most people in these remote areas, they travel by foot. The men travel by foot each morning to work. The women travel, obviously, by foot to go and get the water. I mean, everybody is on foot. It's not these areas are not areas where you drive cars a whole lot. I I know in places like the Dominican Republic where I know good and well, a lot of people go there for a summer vacation, not realizing how that country, you know, the poverty level that's there. And of course, neighboring Haiti as well, but they go to these countries, not really realizing how much poverty is really surrounding them. And you've got some cases where you may have a family who lives in, like going back to the Dominican, for example, only an hour away from the ocean, but yet they've never traveled that hour just to see the beach. Yeah, and a lot of times the resorts that are in some of these countries go to extreme efforts to create barriers, so you're never really aware of Almost any other poverty. Almost cruel efforts in cases. Almost cruel efforts. And if you were to just go just outside the walls of that resort, I mean, literally on just the other side of the wall or a hundred yards out from there, you would immediately begin to see the, the drastic difference in life between here in the United States and these other countries. You know, I, I would venture to guess that if anybody has been to a, a country that is third world, 
like Haiti or the Dominican or, or parts of Nicaragua, um, and I could go on and on. But if they've been to those places and actually seen those third world impoverished areas, they probably would never step foot at a resort again in those countries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's the nature of the beast, I guess. But again, that's what we're trying to affect change in those places. We want to see clean water available to, to all of those and readily available to, to all those who need it. And we're going to try and do that one well at a time. Again, Aaron Tremblay with us. He is the coordinator for the Middle Tennessee Walk for Water, which is coming up just around the corner on Sunday, October 16th. And again, the walk is going to start and finish at 112 Division Street in Smyrna. And what time does the walk start? What time do you expect the uh, the walk to end and, and then cooking out afterwards? So the walk will begin at 3 o'clock. We'll have pre-registration at 2.30. And the walk is actually going to go down Front Street, where the train depot is, if you're familiar with Smyrna, down Front Street to Hazelwood, up Old Nashville Highway, and then back down Enon Springs is the route we're taking. It'll make four miles. As I mentioned earlier, the Smyrna Police Department will be assisting us in traversing some of those intersections uh, that are a little bit busier. And we hopefully will have all of the walkers finished by uh, at least 4.30 or so, maybe 5 o'clock. The other thing I wanted to mention, too, is you don't have to walk all four miles. At each mile interval, there will be buses and transportation available. So let's say you, you showed up and you said, you know, I, I don't really think I could do four, but I, I want to do one. Once you get to the end of that first mile, there will be transportation available there to take you back to the starting line. So, And that will be true at the second mile and the third mile as well. So we, we really want to encourage anybody of any ability level to come out and participate. And even if you just show up, this is what our local partners have told us. If they'll just register and show up to cheer on and participate in that sense in the event. So maybe you say, I don't even know if I could walk a mile. If you just come out, these local partners will give $4 towards the building of the well. And the end result of all this, and this is pretty cool, is that all these citizens who come out to this walk in Smyrna, they're going to have a hand in the construction of that well in Africa. They're going to have a hand in a well being built that will supply uh, multiple communities probably with clean water, saving lives. Yes. And one of the questions sometimes people ask about Healing Hands or Walk for Water, you know, it is it is a charity organization and, and sometimes we're a little leery of those, but they do have the highest, the four-star rating on Charity Navigator. I think that's helpful to know for people that the maximum amount uh, that can be contributed towards the construction of the well from every dollar given does go to that end. Uh, and so I think that's worth mentioning as well. But again, yeah, the, the, the great thing about this, this is really a positive thing to be a part of, to see people of all different kinds of, of backgrounds coming together from our community and saying, we want to be a part of doing something good in the world. And that's a refreshing thing, something that we can all unite around, something that we can all come together and say, as, as a community in Middle Tennessee, we want to make a difference in the world. And multiple churches, multiple organizations are involved in, in this whole project of building these wells, you know, in, in an area where people here can't imagine the poverty. Absolutely. And we're, we're seeking to change that. All you have to do is show up for the walk, and that's going to help fund this whole project. Yes. And, and we, we think it's, it's just... A unique thing just to be a part of the walk itself to, to be a part of the I think everybody that comes out is going to remember being a part of this 
uh, hopefully we're, we're, our goal is to have at least a thousand people to come out. And I think even I plan to bring my children and, and put either push them or carry them if I have to. Uh, but I want them to look back and remember and, and know that even at a young age, they were making a difference in the world. Again, this walk is going to be held in Smyrna, October the 16th to learn more about it. You can either go to the walk for water website or just Google Healing Hands International, Walk for Water, or even Walk for Water Smyrna, and I'm sure the story will pop up. And, and again, it's all coming up right around the corner. And the goal is, at the end of the day, to have enough money raised to build two wells in two areas of the world where they literally have no clean drinking water whatsoever or water to bathe in even because they share water with with the animals they raise they use the same water to bathe in to wash their clothes in and it's hard to imagine we've got dishwashers here we've got mm -hmm. washer and dryers we don't even think about this stuff of washing clothes in a river washing whatever dishes or forks or silverware they have in a river we don't think about that stuff I like your analogy earlier talking about most of us wouldn't go wash our dishes or our clothes in Priest Lake, you know, or <laughs> I mean, and, and these sources of water are significantly uh, worse off than that. If you want more information about Walk for Water, it's walkthenumber4water.com or you can go to our website is greatertogetherministries.com and you can join our Facebook page there and there are daily updates with uh, breaking news and information on the walk, new, new things to be aware of and just reminders and all the links that you need to register. Sounds good. Again, Aaron Trimley, our guest this morning, talking about Walk for Water coming up in Smyrna on October the 16th. And when we post this podcast, we'll be sure to post the link to Walk for Water and give more details about the upcoming event as well, all on our website at WGNSRadio.com. Well, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Scott. Time right now, 8.57. We're going to take another look at the forecast and more. And then coming your way in just a minute, a look at the news and then the roundtable. And uh, we'll be talking a lot more about local events in just a second. Let's learn about Adams Place, the area's premier senior living center. We're talking with Terry Deal. So a lot of times when individuals come to me to talk about making a move into a, a community like Adams Place, seasonal changes can really bring that to the forefront of the decision making. So what happens is new potential residents get tired of taking care of their yards. Uh, if I can get rid of weeding the garden or mowing the lawn, those types of things, it's a really good opportunity to make a move into a community where we have staff for that and allow you to still have the beautifully manicured lawn, but it's no longer your responsibility to take care of it. Adams Place has services for every need. Does that make it easier for people to decide Adams Place is for me? Absolutely. So with Adams Place being a continuing care retirement community, the intent there is that there's a natural progression for a resident to be able to move from one level of care to the next level of care as their individual needs dictate. This is Terry Deal. Would like to invite you to come visit with us at Adams Place. Just give us a call. 615-904-9111. 
We'd love to show you around our beautiful community. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us.